It's Thursday, June 24th, and you've got Oz in your ears. This is uh, David Osman. I'm on the road for Radio Free Oz here in Gay Paris. And I'm beside the runway here at the celebrated Salon of the notoriously controversial haute couture designer Yves Sansdul. <laughs> Bonjour, Yves. Welcome to my Salon, David. Uh, we have just a moment before the showing starts for my latest collection, Toxique. Toxique, huh? Well, Eve, you're probably best known for your squid <laughs> agony boots. You you introduced them at your first salon back then in uh, 1980, right? Well, I have them here in the case, the, the prototype of the agony boot. Oh, that's the look of the 80s, the cowboy styling. It's the fashion of President Reagan. He may have been brain dead, but the man knew how to wear that cowboy look. Uh-huh, and this exotic leather. Polar what bear hide, the stripes of the Komodo dragon. Uh-huh, and this a very high heel uh, lucite with the flashing lights. Well, the beautiful lights were made by the agony of the squid uh-huh. who emits the electric pain every time the wearer steps on the heel compressing this little petite mollusk. Oh, wow. And, but you had to take him off the market? Peter brought me down. Uh, I told them that the squid has a happy life safe in the heel of the Reagan boot but they put a picket line in front of my door. What What could I do? Well, I, I see the showing's about to begin here. Uh, the audience is very excited. You can tell me uh, what are we going to see today in your show? Toxic uh-huh. presents disaster fashions. Uh-huh. As you know, I normally design for the humans, but with the crisis in the Gulf, I, I have turned my attention to closing for the aquatic victims of this man-made tragedy. Mm. Oh, so dommage. <laughs> it is for Issan's stool to make it right for the poor animal, n'est-ce pas? Oh, well, oh, and here, here comes your first model. The exotic beauty Giselle showing my fabulous oil-repellent pelican briefs made from the freshly recycled wild bird feathers, a form-fitting, as you see, for the natural look of nature in the raw. Oh, that's timely, timely, Eve. And, and here comes your model, Raffaella. Ooh. She is wearing my dolphin slicker. Everyone knows the dolphin doesn't look so good coated in oil, so I've designed the tight-fitting sailor costume of oil-free oil cloth with a self-sealing flap for the blowhole. Oh, aha, <laughs> uh-huh. that's very, very thoughtful. Okay, now this next model, Lauren yeah. showing the t- turtle shell by shell. Turtles and models can all live forever with this tropical carapace of million-year-old ivory hand-carved by froggy island boys. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, this must be the finale. It's uh, the, the bridal costume. Is that... For the first time, I show the bride in bed. Oh. The pollution-free happy oyster bed. I begin with a mattress of clean sand covered with the 700-count hazmat on the bottom, uh-huh. then spill repellent cover-up linens, uh-huh. the flesh pillows and duvet boom are stuffed with clippings from famous Hollywood poodles and gaga wigs. Oh. And finally, the green wore sham, sham for complete protection in the season of the hurricane. Well, well, uh, that sounds like a, a thorough But the bride herself, uh, can you describe her outfit? But of course, the uh-huh. money is dressed as a prototype of the jumper jail suit in Florida orange with stripes of bayou blue. Oh, it looks pretty rugged. It has to be. I'm making it for the president of BP, Tony Hayward. <laughs> You will have to wear it a long, long time. Well, everybody seems very enthusiastic about that. Congratulations on your non-toxic showing. Yves Saint Stool for Radio Free Oz. This is David Osmond in Paris. Au revoir! Oh, yeah. I love this bed of music. You know it's Japanese. <laughs> well, yeah, you got Oz in your ears. You're up on RadioFreeOz.com, or you went up and podcasted the whole thing. 
Who knows? I'm Peter Bergman, your host, our co-host sitting across the table for me in the gorgeous Blue U Studios, David Osmond. Oh, I look very good in these Blue U Studios. Oh, you sure yes. do, man. Talk about dressed to the nines. Well, we both dress for radio. That's, That's one right. of the things. That's right. You got to do it. They started doing that when radio went on the air. They put on their best clothes to be on the radio. Well, we've been on the radio now since April 22nd, and this is basically two months in. And Oz has gone a long way, you know. Um, our Facebook page has almost 1,500 fans. And I look through them, you know, the little thumbnails. And yeah. they're, I'd say the average age is about 50. Good compliment of people under 35. And they all look witty and ironic. Oh, a bunch of ironized people out there, huh? Yeah, right. Okay. They, they do iron. They do ironing, so to speak. <laughs> they do ironing. And most of them probably do windows, although we probably have a lot of Mac fanatics. I think also. so. Then, here's one for you. Podcasting, of course, is the big thing. Since we started offering podcasting, which was in late April, mm -hmm. right? We've had 55,000 podcasts downloaded. Holy cow. Holy cow. And we've been offering streaming on demand since we did those three hour and a half long live Sunday night shows. Since then, we've had 12,000 streams. Okay, so that's 67,000 people streaming or podcasting in Oz. Hooray, hooray. Uh, hi out there. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know there were so many of you. Don't get nervous. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We're all the same. You know, it's, we're just numbers, but we're, we're healthy and we're cute and we're stylish, and we're ironic. But we're going to go the next step. Is that right? Pete? Oh, yeah, we're going the next step. We're going to, uh, first of all, we're going to a word new WordPress uh, site. We've been on like a static site right now, but we're going to become really complicated and deep. And then we're going to launch our uh, members-only station. Uh, not station, but segment, Oz Central. That's the what they call premium content, where you pay a, a, a fee each month. I might say a very modest fee, but now we will stop probably starving and having to <laughs> fed to rob banks to be on the air. And it's dangerous and it's counterproductive. How can how can we talk about the new, green, thoughtful, compassionate society and go out and rob banks to stay on the air? It doesn't work. And no, it doesn't. That's not the same at all. I've been I, personally I've been into chickens. I'm a little afraid of banks, but you know, there you go. So now we're going to have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We're going to go out and look for sponsors, but they're not going to be cluttering the pages. You're not going to like beat a monkey over the head in order to save money on your auto insurance. There won't be any of that stuff or women popping up in flash, getting larger and smaller and larger and smaller. None of that. It's all going to be done Oz design group wise. No, no Oz girl to try to seduce you from the bottom of the screen. No, I, I know there's people out there going, ah, but no, there won't be any. Any of that, it won't be – I mean, a lot of the sites we gather our news from are great blogs. Huffington Post is a really good web newspaper. But it's almost impossible to look at. I have to, I have to just block out all of those banner ads and all of it. doesn't matter what they say. You, know, the, you get these most liberal sites and there's somebody saying, shall we shoot the president, yes or no? I mean, it's insane. So, no, we're going to not have any of that. We're going to have a certain amount of merch – and we are also going to be um, – oh, you and I are, are starting a new show. Shall we tell them? Are we? Yeah, Blue Skype. Blue Skype. 
My favorite new idea. Sure. We'll talk to you if you'll talk to us. What it is is you post to us questions or raps, whatever, and then we t- we read or talk about the most interesting, and then we Skype the people who did it and talk with them. So it's it's talk show, but it's kind of one way, in a sense. It's a deeply uh, ironic talk show. BP isn't standing alone with one foot on the ground and the other in its mouth. No, since the spill began in April, Republicans have demonstrated an exceptional tendency to blurt out their inconvenient beliefs about the disaster and the federal response. All right, in chronological order, the top six GOP oil spill slip-ups. Number one. Rand Paul. This is the man who certified himself. The question being, of course, has he always been certifiable? Back when the Kentucky Senate hopeful was still flapping his gums on national television, he let slip he wanted the Obama administration to leave BP alone. Quote, this sort of, you know, I'll put my boot heel on the throat of BP. I think that sounds really un-American in his criticism of business. Paul said on Good Morning America. Un-American? Interestingly enough, finally, the use of that crummy epithet is going poorly with all the political demographics, except the wingnuts in the Tea Party and the other 20% who believe, of course, that we never went to the moon. And if the earth isn't flat, it's only vaguely rounded. Okay, number two, one of my favorites, Michelle Hairdo-Bachman. How this woman... This person, it's not a sex issue, how this person could come to be one of the leading voices along with Sarah Palin in the Republican Party is a sign of their imminent demise. Everyone's favorite Minnesota congresswoman, we'll be kind to her, took the opportunity of time on the House floor to rip the administration earlier last month saying that the government was nowhere to be found after the Deepwater Horizon rig exploded. Except, of course, they actually arrived within hours. The kicker, though, is that Bachman, scourge of socialism, wondered out loud why the government hadn't commandeered privately owned boats to deal with that oil plume as it was coming up to the water. The plume doesn't come up to the water, Michelle. Back to school. Uh, See Geology 101. Now we come to Sarah Palin. Ah, Sarah Palin. I, I, I did take kind of an oath not to mention her all, not to give her any credence, but you just can't. Mama Grizzly's just too prominent. Okay, Sarah Palin, the former half-term Alaska governor. Remember, she quit. Nobody's talking about the fact that she's a quitter. She can't take the heat, and she she quit under an ethics scandal. No, it's just Sarah Palin, you know, the, the burbly um, beauty queen. All right, the former half-term Alaska governor tried to capitalize on the spill with an unusually awkward, I told you so. Palin tweeted out to extreme greenies to gloat that the spill vindicates drill baby drill. With a caveat, here's what here's her tweet. Extreme greenies, see now why we push drill baby drill of known reserves and promising fines in safe onshore places like ANWR. Now do you get it? Wow, I sure get it, Sarah. Of course, her constant refrain has actually been that America should all, should allow drilling just about everywhere and right away. And what's safe about the ANWR? Well, we'll just have to look into that. Number four, one of my favorite bozos from the South, Haley Barber. The Mississippi governor has repeatedly insisted that the oil spill isn't worth fretting over. It isn't anything like Exxon Valdez, he said. No, it's 
bigger, Haley. Well, Bar- Boswell, that's what Barber claims because he ain't checking his facts. And he has compared the crude itself to caramel mousse, a nice oil caramel mousse dessert for Haley Barber. Make that too. He's a big man and a toothpaste. Now, <laughs> there's a flavor I haven't experienced in the morning. And also, he's compared it to the fuel sheen surrounding speedboats. I won't go there. Number five, John, eternal suntan bomber. I think the people responsible in the oil spill, BP, and the federal government should take full responsibility for what's happening here, Bomer said at his weekly press conference in June. Later that day, his office was forced to publicly say Bomer believes BP should pay for everything. Oh, really? The spill for which the federal government has got to take some responsibility. Oh, really? Republican and responsibility in the same sentence? Woo! End of the world. And my favorite, of course, and everybody knows about Joe Barton. <laughs> I love his quote. Here he is, you know, up, uh, up there uh, looking at uh, Tony Hayward, that good-looking kind of guy, you know, with the nice hair, very charismatic. And he says, Tony, he didn't actually say Tony, but it sounds like a Tony. I think it's a tragedy of the first proportion that a private corporation can be subjected to what I would characterize as a shakedown. In this case, a $20 billion shakedown. That's what Barton said. I'm only speaking for myself. I'm not speaking for anybody else. He represents an entire district in Texas. I wonder how those people ever, ever voted for this beanbag. But he says, but I apologize. I do not want to live in a country where any time a citizen or a corporation does something that is legitimately wrong is subject to some sort of political pressure that is, again, in my words, amounts to a shakedown. So I apologize. Well, everybody, including bigwigs within his party, wants him to step down as a ranking member of the Energy Committee in the House. I join them in that. I think the man should be tarred and feathered and and railed out of town. But that's just me. But we'll be right back after this with more Joe Barton. Magog Brothers Atlantis Carpet Reclaimer. Yes, yes my, my brother, brother Gog was wrong about, about the comet. How were we to know it would land right in the middle of our giant warehouse? It's a cataclysmic sail down here. We're flooded. We're over our poor heads in remnants, burn ends, and labels from such naturally famous weeds as Royal Moo, Lemurian, Western S, and Munchkin Mills. Dog hairs, nerveball, slick snags, trip easy. We got them, you get them. Your nap will rise again, and that's my story. Good God, it's Magog Brothers Atlantis Carpet Reclaimers. Serving Heater Hellmouth and the Low Desert Area. And we're back with more Joe Barton. In his 26 years in office, Congressman Joe has come up with some doozies, culminating with his apology, of course, to Tony Hayward for the Obama shakedown. Uh, Oh, boy, you know, the Republicans are trying to get him off the committee and the the Democrats are pledging to just squeeze this situation as much as they can until the election. Well, here are five other Barton specials, you know, the not so finest moments of this Texas congressman. Number one, Barton is a longtime denier of global warming. He's called it a triumph over good sense and science. And in 2007 in hearings, he told Al Gore, you're not just off a little, you're totally wrong. In railing against House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's passage of global warming legislation last year, Barton said, you can't regulate God. Not even the Democratic majority in the U.S. Congress can regulate God. Okay, time for number two. 
Now, this is one of my all-time favorites. Remember, this is coming from the mouth of a U.S. congressman who is actually elected by U.S. citizens, not by aliens from Neptune. Be afraid. Be very afraid. All right. Barton has used the threat of global warming to combat something he hates even more, wind energy. In a 2009 hearing, Barton implied that wind is a finite resource and that harnessing it would slow the winds down and would cause the temperature to go up. It doesn't get better. Number three, during the 2005 energy bill negotiations, Barton earned the nickname Smokey Joe from environmental groups for championing MTBE, a gas additive that's made in his district, which turned out to be a highly dangerous water pollutant. Number four, in discussing, what else, energy legislation, Barton said in a press conference that Representative Henry Waxman didn't have the nuts to pass his energy bill in May 2009. He then followed with the admission, to much guffawing, nor do I. He explained twice how this metaphor was taken from Texas Hold'em, where having the nuts means having the best hand. But everybody in the room, laughing like sixth graders, heard only nuts, nuts, nuts. And number five, when talking about climate change on C-SPAN in March 2007, Barton attempts to discount climate change studies by explaining that temperature is determined by cloud shape. But his discussion of the various shapes Quote, tall clouds or skinny clouds, short clouds, fat clouds, high clouds, low clouds, comes off more as Sesame Street science. Thank you, Selma. I just want to say that I've been really good to myself, and I'm really getting high on myself, and I really like what I'm doing. One, two, three, four. And I whoops, I got exploring. I walk the train yards, I stalk the highways. Late night statements down in a basement. You're gonna say that's on my way. I'm Nazi Gorin. Nobody's a woman love to me. I'm continental, I'm never mental. I can't just whip, it's a tip. I'm a cat be gentle, you let the rain pour, what does it matter? I'm bigger and bolder, Charlie, I'm black, oh yeah, and I'm a whole lot fatter. I'm Nazi Gorin, how come I, nobody's a ballin' fool me? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, folks, it's very hard to be a gorilla, but I gotta tell you something, everybody's got a gorilla inside him, and uh, sooner or later, Charlie, you're gonna have to let him go, and when you do, he's gonna walk, and when that gorilla walks, he's gonna walk a little something like this, I'm 
Nobody is a one and a poor me. Well, just to show you that uh, that some Republican uh, office holders really have, um, you know, the interests of the voter and the citizen at heart. Uh, uh, here is Sam Brownback. He's a Republican. He's running for governor of Kansas. That's right. He's been right senator, now. and now he's going to run for governor because he just can't give us enough. Well, he has proposed a new Kansas entity, the state office of the repealer. Yes, whose job it uh, would be to start disposing of all the silly, needless, over-the-top regulations that state officials have dreamed up. People just love this idea, Mr. Brownback said, smiling broadly, according to the reporter. The repealer. The repealer. They feel like they're getting their brains regulated out of them. Okay. I... Uh, okay. Oh, wait, it's, oh, All right. No, I'm not going. I'm not going to parse that one. Oh, go right don't, ahead. don't even go there. They none of these people can use the English language. Case in point, Mr. Brownback uh, said, "The rejoicing of residents in Saline County, Kansas, or Saline County. I'm not sure. When a strict fireworks ban was lifted there, Mr. Brownback recalled the mood. It was kind of like I got a little piece of liberty back." Now, all those kids <laughs> with the blown-off fingers. Well, they're free to do they're that. They're free to just do that now, in, uh, in at least in this county, Saline County. It's, uh, we're, okay. The idea of shedding archaic and dopey laws is not new. In Missouri, lawmakers passed legislation this spring that repealed more than 200 sections of statutes, including uh, uh, things pertaining to the regulation of steamboats, steam engines, pool halls, and margarine. I think uh, uh, regulating pool halls is certainly in the public interest. They're and I think they ought to take the color out of margarine, just like I was a kid. It comes white with a little pack, and a little it's pack. awful, and, and you don't want to go near it afterwards. Oh, it's just lard, and then you squeeze the yellow stuff in it. Man, well, just to, just to finish this off, this is not going to cost the government. There's no new jobs here. Brownback right. has made sure that there won't be the repealer. He said, would not mean yet another government salary, but would come from an existing state position reassigned to the task of elimination. Okay. How about the hangman? I think they still have a hangman in Kansas. The dark side of the internet. They're out there on the web, sites that offer tips to successful purging or water-only fasts. Others that list methods of hiding rapid weight loss from parents and doctors. This is from Mick Newspaper. If the proliferation of these pro-anorexia and pro-bulimia websites isn't bad enough, eating disorders experts say they now have to contend with pro-ana and pro-mia bloggers and thinspiration. Twitter updates sent right away to an interested party's mobile phone. You want to get into anorexia or bulimia? You want to hide it from your folks? You can get information right on your phone, which should self-destruct. They are reaching very vulnerable youth, says Dina Boroskowski, an associate professor in John Hopkins, um, Bloomberg School of Public Health. When you have the internet used all times of the night, kids have easy access to it. It's anonymous. They can gain support for what they're doing and get plenty of information. 91% of the sites are open to the public, though many warn that wannabes should stay away. Wannabe anorexics and bulemics, like not the real thing, people who really don't want to like 
basically ruin their bodies. And about 79% of these sites had interactive features such as calorie and body mass index calculators. Let's find out just how thin I am. About 16% had a creed or oath to Anna such as the Thin Commandments or Ten Rules for Eating Disorders, such as Thou Shalt Not Eat Without Feeling Guilty. We are raising a great generation here. Thou shalt not eat fattening food without punishing oneself afterwards. Of course, upchuck it, cut yourself, look in the mirror and damn yourself. And there's others. Go up on the site, 10 ways to bring down your self-esteem and throw up at the same time. And also, what the scale says is the most important thing. Not the scale of intellect, but the body mass scale. About 42% provided a venue for posting artwork and poetry, some of it disturbing. Some look at us and call us crazy, how little they really know. They pass us by and stare, like we're in some sickly show. Don't they see it's not us who is at fault? They kill their bodies with fats and grease, but we give our bodies nothing at all. It's real poetry. Thin inspirations, such as photos or videos of very thin models and actresses, were on 85% of the sites, and about 43% provided specific instructions on concealing eating disorders, according to the study. Patients with eating disorders have been known to go to great lengths to hide their weight loss, explained Dr. Ira Sacker, an eating disorder specialist, including drinking lots of water before they're weighed and hiding weights in their clothes. Previous research suggests that teens exposed to pro-eating disorder websites do have higher levels of body dissatisfaction compared to adolescents that have not been exposed. Why am I not surprised? Other studies found that teens who spend time in these sites tend to have harder-to-treat eating disorders, according to background information in the study. My, oh my, we have only a thin chance of getting these people into the real world. I'm Skyping with Scott Wild. How you doing, Scott? I'm doing awesome. How are you doing, Peter? I'm doing just fine. Let's talk about uh, WordPress 3. And, and as, a, as an example, you can tell them what you're doing with the Oz site, okay? Absolutely. Well, it's for a long time now in the industry, um, the world has been waiting for the WordPress folks to release their brand new version, uh, their major release called 3.0. It's kind of like the uh, iPhone 4, right? Um, but this is the new content management system for WordPress. And so we have now migrated over uh, the development site for Radio Free Oz into this WordPress 3.0 environment. And what's so exciting for geeks like me about this is that it gives you so much more flexibility in how you handle the content on your site. They have taken... Uh, in an already great content management or what we call a CMS, content management system, um, that allows you to build web pages and have a blog internally integrated in with that website. And they've made it even better. Uh, they allow us now to build custom menus. So the navigation bars across the top, um, for example, we don't have to just link to pages on our website. We can link to individual posts. We can link to pages on the website or we can link to other websites. So it can be a combination of where we want to take the user, but it's in one convenient navigation bar. Um, you can also build multiple navigation bars so that every single section of the site has its own set of navigation bars. Um, so when we have the members only area and people click into that area, if they want to go into the archives, we can have a menu bar at the very top that's just specific to just that section of the site. That's terrific. And, 
yeah, it's, it's incredibly flexible. Um, they've added a whole bunch. Uh, you can create custom post types. So instead of just a standard title and, and block text, you can now create um, categories of posts. Or you could have, you know, if you're a realtor, you can, uh, you can have one post that's a new house listing. And then you can have another post that's, you know, community events or things like that. So you can really set up this taxonomy within your site. Let me ask you something. One of the things yeah. that David and I are going to be launching soon is a show called Blue Skype. And what yep. it is is that we will take posts from, from the, the listeners, the visitors, whatever, and the ones we find the most interesting, we'll Skype them and discuss it. Now, does, that allows us to, ha- to, to break those down into categories, to, to become more flexible with them? Well, what we'll do with 3.0 is we'll actually give – we'll have a uh, Blue Skype section of the uh, website I see. where people can easily you know we'll have a special submission form where people can tell their story we can limit the number of characters or words or whatever if we don't want people to you know send you a 12 page novel we can say you got to do it in a thousand words or less yep. to pique our interest um, or 500 words or less and then we'll also have a uh, when those are recorded we'll have uh, if you do the video version, if we're recording the video version, or if we're just doing a straight MP3 audio of that, um, we can then put those posts on there in a special section. So it'll say, listen to the archive or submit a new show idea. So, And we can also skin that portion of the site with its own look. So it, the header will, will just deal with the blue Skype. And when you go back to the main Radio Free Oz, it'll have its own look and feel. So we can really, with some of the themes that we're using inside of Word, WordPress 3.0, we really have a lot of flexibility uh, that we didn't have before inside the WordPress. So they've taken a content management system and just uh, made it way better. I, under- really I understand. I, I may be misinformed that they're also allowing us to build our own affinity site or Facebook-like site within, within uh, RadioFreeOz.com. You know, there are some plugins that you can use, such as BuddyPress, to create our own uh, sort of Facebook, if you will, sort of our own social network um, very easily. And, you know, there's, there's free sites out there like Ning. Uh, you obviously have the Facebook fan pages and groups. Um, but there's a lot of plugins now for WordPress that allow you to kind of build your own uh, social network and connect fans with each other. And we're going to be doing some of that inside the Radio Free Oz members area, which we'll t- be talking about in a future Great Scott episode. In fact, the but- next Great Scott episode. So I'm going to leave you now, and we'll, when we come back, we'll talk about uh, Oz Central, our, our subscription members-only site, okay? Looking forward to it. Okay, bye. You know, I've always had a good thing for Senator Claire McCaskill, who's the Democratic senator from Missouri. When she was elected, I was really happy because Missouri is a strange state. That's the state where Mormons once came to die. Okay, Senator Claire McCaskill, as I say, the Democrat of Missouri, announced that she has enough Senate support to overturn members' ability to anonymously delay confirmation proceedings for nominees and legislation requiring Senate confirmation. Republican Senator Kit Bond of Missouri, her, you know, cohort, and Sam Brownbeck of Kansas provided the 65th and 66th signatures on a letter sent to Majority Leader Harry Reid requesting a vote to end the so-called secret holds. Mr. Reid also supports the ban. I'm glad that um, Sam Brownbeck does, too, because he's running for governor of Kansas now, and he wants to have an office called the Repealer. Yeah, I just want somebody there that just goes through and repeals laws. Well, he's going to repeal this awful privilege. 
First battle won, says McCaskill um, on Twitter. With Senators Bond and Brownback, we now have 67 senators on my letter calling for the end of secret holds. Now got to get a vote. In this Congress, Republicans have used secret holds dozens of times against President Obama's nominees. This is for important positions. This, you know, they, they are able to gut committees by just not, not allowing anyone to be confirmed. And what happens is that very good candidates, after months and months, drop out because they have to make plans for what they call a life. Likewise, Democrats in past congressional sessions have used the holds to block Republican action. It's a bipartisan bad idea. A vote this year will be critical for the measure's success. Senators Bond and Brownback, along with Senator Judd Gregg of New Hampshire, another Republican who supports the measure, and a number of Democratic lawmakers will not return for the next Congress. So, Claire Baby, get it done now. a soldier boy in the twilight of my youth when I still could feel love and a trust in above for the truth I fought with bravery then I left my gun behind but the misery I've seen Never wiped itself clean from my mind Now I'd never, ever close my eyes completely When I'm sleeping
Well, Peter, you know, I like to uh, go through the New York Times in the, uh, the business section, which I never used to read. And then I got on to reading it because in the Times there's these weird things about advertising. And suddenly you've got, because it's two, you know, other people who are in the know talking about this. They have no um, no sense of the ironic no. or, or of the weird at all. So uh, this is just a little, a little bit. There is apparently a new Mariah Carey uh, uh, line of fragrances, the Lollipop Bling line. Uh, Elizabeth Arden uh, fragrances based on ring pops. Now, here's a world that I want you to really get inside. I'm still with you. I know what a ring pop is. I know what a ringtone is. Uh I've got uh, Elizabeth Arden. Of course, she's dead for ever so long. This is vampire juice she's pushing. Uh, Okay. Yes, it is. All right. All right. This is is, uh, the backstory. Founded in 1938 by brothers Abram, Ira, Philip, and Joseph Shoren, Topps Chewing Gum, as it was then known, introduced Bazooka Bubblegum in 1947, and in 1953 began including a tiny comic featuring Pudge Bazooka Joe. And Pudge. And Pudge. I grew up on Bazooka Joe and Me Pudge too. and knew all the time that it was grade C material. Even when I was eight, I knew I was reading real hackorama. Well, apparently Bazooka Joe was modeled after Brother Joe. The company introduced <laughs> used to carry yeah, a bazooka that around yeah. that he brought back from Saipan and just really couldn't separate himself from. The company introduced its popular baseball cards in 1951 and the Ring Pop in 1977. Today, the Ring Pop, I can't believe this is serious. The tagline for the sale is, the flavor's always on hand. That's what you, that's, when you buy a Mariah that, Carey or a ring. people millions of dollars to come every up year to come up with this. So now, Mar- now we have Mariah okay, Carey I'm, ring I'm, pop I'm perfume. Getting, I'm getting there. I want to be there. I'm getting there with Hello you. Hello, Kitty. Okay. <laughs> All right. The uh, Ari Weinstock, the director of marketing for the confectionery division of Tops, not for the baseball card division, no. but confection, said that the brand was forecasting record annual revenue this year. In the 52 weeks that ended May 16th, it posted $14.9 million in revenue, outpacing other novelty candies like Pez and Pop Rocks. Mm. Uh, um, in, in 2007, Tops was acquired, and I bet you didn't know this, Pete, Acquired by an investment firm led by Michael D. Eisner, the former head of Walt Disney. Okay. As and, a boy, and, as a boy, I said to myself, I'm going to own these ring pops someday. And, and his Michael part- Eisner's ring pops. His partner is Ryan O'Hara, the former president of the TV Guide Network. So here's some really high-class executives, okay? And they've bought the Ring Pop company. Okay, recent advertising campaigns have, quote, played up the emotional connection that people have with Ring Pops. Mr. Weinstock said, What we hit upon is that the Ring Pop is ultimately the only candy that you can show off, unlike a chocolate bar that you just consume. It's a a candy that you put on your finger and, and flaunt, and it transforms you from just eating a piece of candy to being in the spotlight. Caramba! If I drove this car in my country, I'd be kidnapped. Caramba! I want 
car that smells like me. I'm not an a simple man. I do not need an a simple car. Caramba! I love to drink in the lush, wine-filled interior. I like the way the doors lock. I will be buried in this car. Caramba! I love this car. I hate this music. From General Motors, the people who gave you the luxury car and recalled it. From the Washington Post. Afghanistan and Pakistan are talking about how to make peace with insurgents fighting U.S. troops in Afghanistan, including one faction considered the coalition forces most lethal foe, according to Pakistani and U.S. officials. Okay, they want to make peace with the insurgents. Who are we kidding? These people want us out with or without our heads. They are fighting, as far as they're concerned, a holy war. There are no rules except total victory. The discussions reflect the beginnings of a thaw in relations between Kabul and Islamabad, which are increasingly focused on shaping the aftermath of what they fear could be a more abrupt withdrawal of U.S. troops than is now anticipated. This all goes along with the fact that Karzai is in secret negotiations not only with Pakistan and Pakistan's intelligence, which pretty much runs Pakistan, but also with the Taliban, bad on Karzai. But one element of the effort, outreach by Pakistan to the militia headed by the young commander Sirajuddin Haqqani, faces opposition from U.S. officials who consider the Al-Qaeda-linked group to be too brutal to be tolerated. Too brutal to be tolerated. It's okay if we tolerate the Taliban who go around cutting people's heads off and assassinating men, women, and children for taking some sort of welfare assistant payments from the United States or working for them to clean up the stuff that we bombed the day before. That's not too brutal. Well, you know the thing? This guy, Sirajuddin Haqqani, his father, Jalaluddin, he, I remember he led a band of Mujahideen during the uh, war with Russia that was thoroughly supported by the Pakistan Intelligence Agency and the CIA. He was a function or a partial function of the CIA. So, more blowback, okay? The United States, gradually warming to the idea of reconciliation with insurgents, encourages improved relations between the two governments, which have long viewed each other with suspicion. Well, that's because Pakistan wants to rule Afghanistan, so I don't mind them for being a little bit suspicious. But wait a minute. We're gradually warming to the idea of reconciliation. Doesn't that sound like helicopters taking people off of the roof of the embassy in Saigon? But Obama administration officials have cautioned Afghanistan and Pakistan that they will not support talks with Haqqani's 10,000-strong militia. Akani's adoption in recent years of suicide bombings and complex urban assaults has made his faction, based in Pakistan's North Waziristan tribal area, a top threat to military gains and political stability in Afghanistan. And by the way, they're having a real problem getting Pakistan to go into Waziristan and clear these people out. One of the reasons is people are so pissed off about the drone attacks, which are taking such huge collateral damage along with every... Al-Qaeda or insurgent leader that it blows up. 
National Security Advisor James L. Jones. It's good to have a National Security Advisor with an almost non-name. Kind of makes him disappear. James Jones. Well, he's carried the same message of caution on Haqqani in recent visits to Pakistan, essentially saying that the only outreach the Pakistani government directs towards him should be at the end of a gun. Cowboy talk! U.S. military officials and terrorism analysts say Haqqani's bold and brutal style embodies the Taliban's vanguard. Younger commanders driven more by anti-Western zeal than by the nationalist aspirations of their elders. You see, it's no longer about statecraft. It is about holy war. And when we say younger commanders, we're talking about 13 and 14-year-olds who come out of the madrasas learning how to memorize the Koran and put bombs at the roadsides. Okay. So, the suicide bombers come from this class, said Ali Ashraf, director of the FATA Research Center in Islamabad, which studies the tribal areas. Quote, if leadership comes into this class, it's going to be extremely dangerous. There are a lot of kids. They're very poor. They're very impressionable. Go see Syriana, and then we can cry together. Haqqani's fairly autonomous network is the single largest insurgent force, according to some estimates, and is an important bridge between the Taliban and al-Qaeda. It has expressed no interest in peacemaking. Again, why am I surprised? Or not surprised? They go together because you never know what these bozos are going to do. Unlike the farmers who make up much of the southern insurgency dominated by Omar's Taliban, Haqqani's forces include foreign fighters and are largely drawn from madrasas or Islamic schools and thus tend to be more extreme. They rely on assassinations, shakedowns, and kidnappings for ransom but show little interest in politics, so say military officials. They're thugs. They're criminals. They're, really, they're just holy thuggies and Foreign fighters, you know where they're coming from. They're coming from Saudi Arabia, our oil-slick friend. Well, Pete, in an attempt to make us understand uh, the state of Arizona, and I do mean the state, uh, in Harper's, uh, the reporter Ken Silverstein came up with a couple of interesting observations. One of them, and I quote from his piece, anti-government sentiment in Arizona is longstanding and can be traced in part to the influence of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mormons. Mormons make up only around 6% of the state population, but they are enormously influential in Republican politics and they don't approve of borrowing money, whether it's an individual or a state that's doing the borrowing. Mormons tend to believe that the role of government is to let people fend for themselves. That's not a role. That's, you, don't need, you don't need government to let you fend for yourself. You don't need anything to let you fend for yourself. I'm all alone in the desert. No water, no food. I'm fending for myself. I'm so glad the government is letting me do it. Well, here Ken quotes an unnamed uh, resident. She didn't want to be identified. Probably doesn't have a name if she No, lives. she has a government job, yes. so she's not allowed I have a, a job, not a name. Okay, she said this, quote, People who have swimming pools don't need state parks. If you buy your books at Borders, you don't need libraries. If your kids are in private school, you don't need K-12. The people here, or at least those who vote, don't see the need for government. Since a lot of the people are not citizens, the message is that government exists to help the undeserving, so we shouldn't have it at all. People think it's okay to cut spending because English as a second language is about people who refuse to assimilate and health care pays for illegals. So 
That's the state of the mentality of the state of Arizona. Yeah, Sig Heil. You gotta love Tony Hayward because he's such an upper-class klutz. He always makes the wrong move. Count on it. Well, this time, one environmentalist described as yet another public relations disaster for the embattled energy giant BP, the fact that their CEO, Tony Hayward, took time off just recently when things are pluming underwater to attend a glitzy yacht race around England's Isle of Wight. As social networking sites like Twitter and Facebook lit up with outrage, BP spokespeople rushed to defend Hayward, who has drawn withering criticism as the public face of BP's halting efforts to stop the worst oil spill in U.S. history. And perhaps, if, you know, we can keep that old Guinness spirit going, it may be the worst oil spill in the planet's history. Spokeswoman Sheila Williams said Hayward took a break from overseeing BP efforts to stem the undersea gusher in the Gulf of Mexico so he could watch his 52-foot yacht, Bob, participate in the J.P. Morgan Asset Management Round the Island Race. This is filled with nothing but negative buzzwords. Let's take them one at a time. Okay. First of all, he's taking off some time from, you know, overseeing their efforts. Of course, he doesn't oversee their efforts. All he does is speak about them and make make trouble because he just constantly has his foot in his mouth. Okay. He's got a 52-foot yacht named Bob. What does it say about a guy who names his 52-foot yacht? That's a heck of a boat. Bob, not Tahiti surprise, dream of my life, whatever, just Bob. And he's participating in the J.P. Morgan Asset Management Round. I mean, what could be more negative right now in the midst of the Wall Street collapse than the J.P. Morgan Asset Management Race? It's a race to the bottom. Yes, who names a yacht Bob? Robert Wine, a BP spokesman uh, at the company's uh, Houston headquarters, said it was the first break that Hayward has had since the Deepwater Horizon rig exploded April 20th, killing 11 workers and setting off the undersea oil gusher. He needs a break from that. He's spending a few hours, they say, with his family at a weekend. I'm sure that everyone would understand that, Wine said. He'll be back to deal with the response. It doesn't detract from that at all. Yeah, you're out of work. You've had your fishing business destroyed. You're a rig worker looking at no employment for years in the future, right? But you're happy. You're happy that Tony could go off and watch a J.P. Morgan asset management race with his 52-foot boat called Bob. He said Hayward will be returning to the United States, though it's unclear when. Perhaps never, if he keeps doing this. Still, hobnobbing with millionaires and their yachts is likely to be a hard sell in the Gulf, which is struggling to deal with up to 120 million gallons of oil that have escaped from the blown-out well. Well, maybe Tony should be out there on Bob with one of those wet vacs, (laughs) you know, you know, sucking up some of that oil. You know, Tony, make yourself useful. Please, sir, can I have some more? Uh-uh. Well, Oliver, yes, but you're <laughs> going to have to wait till the next Oz show because this one is winding beautifully to an end. And, of course, you can have your tang. Mm, yes, we can have our tang. And uh, 
and drink it too. Those 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 Chinese poets, boy, they were into their I'm wine. I'm falling in love with these guys. I mean, I think their lifestyle is so uh, engaging. Oh my! Seventh century. There are a lot fewer people around, even in China in those days. But here's one to kind of turn your head around. This is Wang Wei. It's called "Passing the Temple of Accumulated Fragrance." Okay. Mm. I didn't know the way to the temple, so I walked miles among the cloudy peaks, walked through primeval forests, no path, not even a footprint. Deep in the mountains, I heard a bell. Where did it come from? Then a little stream gurgling among gigantic rocks. Even the color of sunlight looks cool coming through blue-green pines. At dusk, I knelt next to a small, deserted lake, meditating to chase away the poison dragon of emotion. Oh, broom that dragon, please. Radio Free Oz for today. The Oz team makes it happen. I'm Peter Bergman, your host. Across from me is Dave Osman, our co-host. John Cumming, well, he makes sure that we get the stats when we get them. Phil Fountain, he makes it all beautiful. Tom Gedwillow, he's our webmaster. Chaz Glass, finance and advice. Dave Maloney, he does the recording and makes it beautiful. Bill McIntyre produces the whole thing. And Scott Wilde, great Scott, is our social media guru. Going to see you tomorrow, Oliver. 